Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, Avery Zaretsky. Got a great episode today. We just interviewed Matthew Barnaby uh, straight from a bar in Ottawa, which was very cool and interesting. But Barney's a great guy, so you guys will love hearing from him a little bit before our time. But I kind of remember watching him play like in the 3 4 season, like Messier's last year. Do you have any like memories of Barney at all or no? No, but he's I, I know he's a tough motherfucker and uh, yeah. and and he likes to throw the bo- he liked to throw the body around and definitely fit his kind of era of play. So it was great to hear his perspective on a lot of things that are going on in the NHL right now, especially the Corey Perry situation. Oh, dear. yeah, I don't fucking like either of you idiots, dude. Go. All right. <laughs> Cody's so mad at us today. Wait, why are you no mad? Reason. I'm not mad. Oh, we thought Cody <laughs> wasn't showing up just for the backstory of this. I say Cody doesn't know how to spell, but hey, Cody. Oh, yeah. What, what what's that oh, pull at by the what way? What are you smiling at? You fucking I didn't even dog. check. <laughs> he just Cody really thought he knew how to spell jabroni and he was completely Bro, Urban wrong. Dictionary doesn't lie. That's facts. It has six hundred. No, Twitter definitely lies. Twitter is literally the definition of lies. So all right. So for context, for backstory, Cody called us a jabroni, but spelled it G-I-B-R-O-N-I, <laughs> which that's Nobody's ever spelled it that way. Yeah. I Wrong. put it on Twitter for a poll. 616 votes. 97% spells it with a J. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that means that means there's 37 folks like me who are fucking <laughs> smart and and 584 guys like you who just have no brain. So. Are those correct numbers? That's pretty good. I there's no, I was like, there's no way it's that good at math. Yeah, wow. Uh, the, the only comment I got was, I assume only serial killers use jabroni, G-I-B-R-O-N-I. Yeah, that's fair. I do love watching true crime. Yeah. All right, well, you I get a haircut, looks good. What were you even talking about before? Just Barnaby? How was the interview? Yeah, no, I was just saying how Barney was a tough tough guy. He he played the played a hard game, and uh, his highlights are fun to watch. So, uh, And he gave some really good insight on the whole Corey Perry situation, Jacob Truba. We talked about. We talked about Phil, that he banged Bedard's mom. No, we talked about yeah. Philip Heedle. Philip Heedle was a great one because we know uh, Bar- yeah. Barney's had a ton of concussions, and that's inevitably why he had to kind of hang him up. And and Heedle's in in a scenario where he's got four at a super young age, so he gave some really good insight on that. So you're definitely gonna want to tune into that interview. Yeah, he actually also said that he's listened to our show before, and he was wondering where that boner other co-host was. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cody just came to uh, came on to ask us when those starter jackets are coming out. I li- I literally did. There's no fucking press on it. Also, I Avery, will... you, you don't know how to fucking read, you moron. <laughs> I don't know how to read. No, Avery. Oh, Cody's so mad, guys. It's unbelievable. But all right, let's just get into this little intro we got going on here. Such a fucking headache. Yeah. Uh. So should we just talk about that terrible game uh, the other night? Um. You know, Rangers had a stinker, but. I think it could have been expected, right? They have that huge win on Saturday against Boston, and they had the day off on Sunday. Not gonna spe- not gonna try to speculate here, but I imagine they went out and had a good time Saturday night, and uh, you know came out a little bit sluggish on Monday. So before we get into that, did you see Lobby's comments about Igor? Is that real? Oh, those are those weren't real. It's not real. Oh, yeah, it's not real. God, Johnny, you texted Cody. me it. No, I didn't. I could swear you texted me it. No, I didn't. Oh, oh maybe, maybe guys, guys, maybe not, good, not good podcasting. This, yeah, there was a there was a fake thing going around and Cody fell for it. Typical old guy, you know, falling for. Bro, tweet. I didn't even look at my phone today. Some people, though, are actually so good at Photoshop. Like that guy, Matty Jack, his Photoshop is unreal. I fall for his shit all the time. He's funny. He's funny. All right. Go into go into what you're talking about. Well, what I don't even know. Cody game. just like interrupted me. I was talking about the game. You but, were just like, talking about the Sabres. We got blown out. It is what yeah. it is. Fucking burn the tape. Move on. And, you know. It it is what it is. Kako got hurt. He killed yeah. the tempo. Killed the pace. Not that he was doing much for us, anyways. And now he's probably done till April. But hey, I've actually never heard the Garden simultaneously go oh like when they showed the replay on the jumbotron. Like, dude, that was ugly. It was, it was freakishly similar to Sammy Blaze's injury. 
freakishly similar. I'm pretty sure it happened in that same corner. Did they confirm? Oh, oh I remember that. That was the slew foot, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm oh. 99% I, sure. I dare it you to say that to him tomorrow. Corner. You muppet. So what? Ask PK. Be like, why'd you do my boy Sammy like that? Oh, that was PK that did that. Yeah. Yes. See, if you were a real Rangers fan, you would freaking know. Mm. Mm. I actually want to see. I'm 99% sure it was in that same corner. Was it in the preseason? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It was game three of like the game regular three? season. Game two or three. Yep, same corner, but uh, Sammy was faced away from away from the play. That regardless, super bad. Feel terrible for Kako. Wasn't having a a, a great season, and um, that, I can't get. I couldn't get much worse, and it did yeah. somehow. Yeah, mm. I feel really bad for him. Sucks. So, all right, what do you think we could have done better yesterday, other than play like shit? That would be better. I just think, all right, I, I, I understand what Cody, shit, shit would have been better than we played yesterday. Technically, yes. I understand what Cody's saying, but it's kind of one of those games where the puck just didn't bounce the right way for us early on. Like that that goal that was called back probably shouldn't have been called back after micromanaging it. But the the Rangers just couldn't, they just got themselves in a hole they just couldn't dig themselves out of. I, I think that Mika goal was big, but it didn't really give them the spark. I think the Kako thing kind of deflated a lot in mm. terms of how the Rangers were playing, but it's fine, man. Like you look how they played against Boston. The Rangers are going to be fine. Barney talks about it too. Like the, the Rangers will be fine. <laughs> They're not going to let this one hang over their heads for too long. I said it last night though. A lot of it, like you could tell from the first shift, like Igor made that first save, like at the top of his crease, like the Rangers, like I think Truba made a bump pass and make it just like over skated the puck and Buffalo like went right on the attack. The Rangers just in their own zone looked lost. Like they just weren't awake. And, you know, Trocek said it in the post game last night, all those first period turnovers just kind of haunted them the rest of the game. But, you know, those things are obviously a credit to Buffalo too. Like something that Buff, what Cody, bro, you look like you have a, like you're getting, I was actually waiting. I was waiting for you to say something about the camera and you haven't yet. I got a new camera. You look like you're getting interrogated. <laughs> I got a new camera today, but no, uh, like AI. Yeah. You literally look so shiny. But what Buffalo was doing it wasn't a negative. No, negative no, no. I was, I was, I was honestly surprised it took you so long to say something. Yeah, sorry. Avery said it right away. Yeah. Uh, but Buffalo, just like X's nose wise, it's something that we did at UMass a lot. They were stealing the walls and the four checks. So like literally, you know, F one, F two are coming down. Like F one seals the low wall. F two seals the half wall. So it's really tough to rim a puck around. You have to throw the puck into the middle to break the puck out every time. So I think that's the reason why Buffalo was causing the Rangers to have those turnovers. It wasn't like the Rangers were just missing passes. It was because what Buffalo was doing, you know? So um, that was like a big key. And I actually like really wanted to ask Laviolette that after the game, but he was like very, very, very pissed off. I was, did you watch the clip I sent? I was fucking shaking yeah. asking that question. Yeah. you And you stretched it out and it was, you were fumbling <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens though. You kind of start asking a question and then your brain starts like telling you other things. And mm -hmm. yeah, that, that, that wasn't your brightest moment. I was going to no. give you, I was going to give you like a, a D plus on that. He answered it well though. No, no. I, th of course he's, he's yeah. a professional, but I, well, no, I he gave everyone else like one word, two word answers. He was pissed. Listen, he likes you, Johnny, but I'm gonna still give that a D plus. Wasn't great. Yeah, you should have. Uh, you, sh uh, I'm honestly a little surprised you didn't say, "Hey, Peter, um, how many times are you gonna rewatch this game after the game?" <laughs> but <laughs> that, you know, that'd be a terrible question. I, that's the point. Yeah. God. Wait. Oh, I get it. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was funny though. Like, like in the in the press room after the game, like Vince and Jess like both pulled up my tweet. Like, I have a feeling Capo Caco is gonna score tonight. They're like, "Oof, this is bad." <laughs> yeah. Really I did good. say I was quitting the podcast after that. Yeah. yeah. That was rough. Yeah, also, I, mean, I guess AJ and Alex are never welcome back into the garden after that. No, dude. dude no, no. Every time they show up to a game, we lose. I, I swear to God. Like, playoffs aside, every time they show up to a game. I mean, I guess last year, playoffs included. But every single time they, they come back. They weren't we there. They said uh, uh, Alex said he hasn't been there in like four years. AJ said his last time in the garden was the game six watch party against Tampa. Yeah, no, they yeah, yeah. Uh, they aren't allowed back. And even some people at the office today were like, of course, the one game they go to, the worst possible oh, things happen. So Terrible. Yeah, well, they're, they're banned. It's not the worst possible thing. I mean, obviously, it's a loss. Let's let's be serious. Kaka wasn't committing or contributing much to this offense. Um, that said, he's, you know, he's a talented young player, and we 
could hope he was going to break out at some point. It honestly, based on the first 25 games, did not look like he was going to, um, or 20 games, however, however many we played now. Um, you know, I, I think the thing that's interesting is right. People have been calling for Othman, myself included. Um, not surprised they didn't call him up. I just love the kid. So I wanted to see him up. I mean, he's realistically, he's not going to come up until after the trade deadline for cap purposes, because they need to see what they have after the cap, um, uh, after the deadline. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's interesting that they continuously keep calling up Johnny B. Well, he's leading the AHL in scoring. We know you, you told us seven times today. I, I was able to see that. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I know you spoke with his dad too. No, I didn't speak with his dad. His dad, just, um, his dad just like replied. Thanks, yeah, Johnny. Yeah. It was so funny. Um, but it's just like now what, now what do they do? Right? Like, like they now need to shift the top nine, right? You're going to get luckily he skating. So he's probably two weeks out. Foxy will probably be back this week, which is great. He but should be back tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. As you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, what do they do now? Like, what does this lineup look like? Because you're not putting Radzinski in a top nine spot. Like, you're just not. And if and if you do, then it hurts our depth pretty badly. So I, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Bo- boys, I got to run. I got some issues at work. I got to go take care of. But um, I'm excited for Adam Fox to come back. All right. Do your thing. And I'm glad, and I'm glad Cody jumped in because uh, I got to tap out. We'll All right. Get you. a haircut, bro. It still looks good. You, you're. Did you just get a haircut? Yeah, yeah. It looks good. You got it like a week ago, Cody. I oh shit! Johnny pays attention. Yeah. You look like we a, chirped you. We chirped you like two weeks ago. You look. Like yeah, a, yeah. I, I got it like a week after I got chirped. Yeah. If you put some like pomade in it, you'd look like a Toy Story character. Okay. Bye bye. Right, get the fuck out of here. All right. <laughs> bye. We'll end with that. <clears throat> well, no, I was gonna say, uh, you know, I've been talking about it like the last two days. I'm I'm all for throwing Jimmy Vesey back in the first line with Spanish. First line, Vesey's he's looked good. I mean, Wheeler, I know, I know but Wheeler's first... not going to last there. He's not going to last. I mean, if you ask any any random person on the street, hey, who's going to last on the first line, Blake Wheeler or Jimmy Vesey? Every single person is going to say Blake Wheeler based on but history. Vesey's played really well as a way. I, I thought know. he was actually one of the best forwards last but night. Why, but why mess it up though? He's he's played great where he is. I, yeah, that's fair. The thing is like. The thing that concerns me is it can't really be a plug and play because Kako was Kako playing on line one still or line two? No, he was on the third line with cool third, and, third and line, third line. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm getting lost. Um, all right, so he was on line three, so they don't have to make massive changes. Like, I, no, I was today, Brodzinski was in Kako's spot, with yeah, Cooley and with uh, Panino. yeah. I mean, if if anything. You put Jimmy V up to line three if you need to and switch things around. What did you say? I moved Bradzinski down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I wouldn't be surprised if I see that tomorrow night um, during the game at some point. But, you know, I, I think to mess around with those top two lines when that's been their chemistry, I, I just I don't love the sight of it. But I guess we'll see. I don't think they are. They're not, they didn't do it today in practice, so I don't yeah. imagine they'll do it tomorrow for the game. Remember when Avery said Kane was going to the Rangers? Yeah. I'm so happy that stuff's over. Yeah, yeah. Very happy I mean, over. the Red Wings, dude, they're uh they got some talent. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. Um, I don't really have anything else. They they play the Red Wings tonight, so it'll be a good game as you're listening. Mm-hmm. Don't think Kane is playing in this game. No, no way. I haven't seen anything in regard to that though. Yeah. yeah, that's all I've got for the intro. Anything else you got? No, that's it. We just gotta honestly, like I said, burn the tape, move on, and and you know, people freak out in these situations. It's it's not about the game yesterday. It's it's about the game today and, you know, how we're going to counter that and rebound as a group. And obviously we suffered an injury. Luckily, we're getting Fox back. Heedle's on the way. Um, as Johnny said, Brzezinski is lighting it up right now in the AHL. And I know he's had many, many stints here, but you never know. I mean, he's he's having a hell of a year down there and he could be a spark we need. And honestly... If he gives us 10% offense, it's more offense than we were getting from Kako to this point. So yeah. um, so we'll see. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoy this interview with Matt Barnaby and send it over to him. This week on the Blue Crew, we have an absolute legend on the show. Played 834 NHL games over a 15-year 
career now does a lot of work in media and hockey. He was a fan favorite when he played for the Rangers from 2001 to 2004. So welcome to the show, number 36, live from the bar in Ottawa, Matt Barnaby. Barney, what's going on? I'm good, boys. I'm, uh, yeah, just having a beer with uh, some boys and uh, just loving life. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, we're, uh, we're pumped to have you. I know, Avery, you want to get right into it right away, so... Bar- First of all, Barney, I love the move coming on at the bar. That's just a legendary, legendary podcast entrance uh, and, and the shirt, too. Just the full regalia of podcast entrance. That's probably the best one we've gotten so far. Uh, it's uh, I am who I am and love to have beers with the boys and have fun. And like I said, we'll, uh, we'll have a good time. I love my time in New York and anything I can do to help is, uh, is awesome. Who doesn't? I, I did want to start off. It's big in the news right now, the Corey Perry situation that happened over in in Chicago. And it's funny because when you were playing, there was no cameras. There wasn't that many things going on. Are you you surprised to see more of this happening now? Or is it just kind of the way that that things have been going? No, thank God there wasn't any cameras. We we always say, man, we're we're so thankful that there's no cameras because a lot of of stuff happens. And, and, you know, I remember being in Japan with, with the boys and Yager when I played in Pittsburgh and, you know, stuff was happening at the bar and, and one of our younger guys who wasn't really even on the team, he was a third goalie at the time, was like taking pictures of us. <laughs> Yager went over, grabbed his phone and <laughs> his camera and threw it on the ground and handed him 200 bucks. And he was like, beat it, man. Like no, no cameras. We don't, we don't need them. So uh, I'm thankful for that in the fact that we got to have just a lot of great stories. Not that they were, criminal or, or crazy it's just stuff that you you do in your private time and and fun and sometimes we can act like idiots in, in a bar or in some certain certain area and someone can snap a quick picture or whatever it may be and it and, and it looks a lot worse than it is so when i look at you know the Corey perry incident and and, and where they are now I, I don't know exactly what happened do I think that he, or did I think that he banged Connor Bedard's mom? No, no, I don't think that was ever, you know, people start and spread rumors all the time. And it's unfortunate for Corey Perry. It's unfortunate for Connor Bedard. It's unfortunate for, for his mom. But certainly there was enough there for them to terminate his contract and, and move on from him. And it will come out at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, just hopefully it's not too egregious. Because uh, I really respect Corey Perry, the player. Uh, don't know him as a person at all, but I've never heard anyone talk bad about Corey Perry. So it's just uh, a terrible situation. But in the end, we're in a social media world. We're in a, a world where you have to really know your surroundings and just be a good person in, in the end. And you don't have to worry about it. Well, yeah, this whole thing kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, like two weeks ago, they were showing videos of Corey Perry and his former teammates in Tampa kind of shooting the shit on the bench. Like, you know, everything seemed kind of light and happy. And, you know, these things kind of happen. But I, I kind of want to go on the flip side of what you just said, too. You know, you're a very outspoken guy. You're not afraid to show your opinion or give a take on social media. Do you almost wish that you had it, though, when you were playing? Because you could have been, you know, more outspoken just about the way players are treated or about yourself, just stuff like that? I wish, yeah, in, in that sense, you know, the, the fact of being and, – and listen, if we had camera phones around and social media when I played, you're just more, more apt to be, you know, know that it's around. And, and even now, like, I'm not going to do something stupid in a bar. Um, I have done some stupid things, but, you know, not, not, not to the fact that you, you know that there are cameras around all the time. And I'm out with former players. I'm out with media members. I'm out with current pair, uh, players sometimes. And you, you just know your surroundings. So do I wish? Absolutely. I would have loved to roll into Philadelphia or New Jersey, um, into the Islanders, and and been taunting their fans and having fun that way. And also, you know, be able to be outspoken with the league and, and players' rights. And, and uh, just also the way that, you know, you, you can have a voice, you know, whereas before um, you couldn't really have a voice. But I, I think it would have been a lot of fun to play uh, in an era with social media because there's so much you can do with it. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and Avery, do you mind if I just follow up quick? Yeah, right? no, go ahead. You were, uh, you know, everyone knows you were a tough son of a bitch as a player and you always kind of thrived in those rivalry situations. But, I mean, you talk about being a former player now and obviously I think a lot of people – you know, miss being on that big stage, maybe miss fighting, miss scoring goals. But 
what did you crave most like as a player? And I don't want to, I don't want to ask what you miss most as a player. Cause I think as you mature, it changes, but what did you crave? Like what really got your blood pumping when you were suiting up? Well, I think it was always, I don't think whether it's hockey, whether it's the media or just in life, everyone likes to be appreciated. So, you know, I was a hard worker and a lot of times a fan favorite and in New York, um, I was one of the fan favorites, even though we had a lot of stars. I, I think you, 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 you missed the attention, the, 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 the fans going crazy after a goal or a fight or a win. Um, so, you know, I miss that. I also, I, I, I miss my teammates. You know, I, I, I love going to do alumni events and I do a bunch, uh, probably do 20 events during the year. And I get to see a lot of great friends, guys that I, you know, were friendly with and, and played with in, in my time, whether it was New York or Pittsburgh or Buffalo. Um, and also guys that I battled against, you know, the guys like Steve Grimson and Jim McKenzie, uh, Kelly Chase, all these guys have been become great friends that I absolutely hated and they absolutely hated me when we played, but you know, you, you, you've lived the same life. You, you know, the, the ups, you know, the ups and downs. Um, and I think that's, you know, you, you miss the guys, you miss the locker room. I know it's, it's said it's a little redundant what people say, but it truly is what I miss the most. Um, is the fans and just being in that locker room uh, environment. Absolutely. And we were talking about the discrepancy of eras in terms of stuff that would happen off the ice. But now on, on the ice, you see a lot of situations that are looked under a microscope where it might have been a Jacob Truba situation where he, he slashes a guy in the head on accident or <laughs> whether he says or not, or we don't know for sure. But when you were playing, a lot of stuff was let go. And now and now. Now it's more, uh, like I said, under the microscope and they're looking to call more penalties, et cetera. How do you feel about the current state of the league and how they're, they're making penalties and they're calling these, these situations? Well, I think the league's at, at an all-time high in talent level and speed. So I, I love watching the NHL now. Do I miss some of the rivalries and some of the intimidation? Yeah. Do I want to go back to our era in, in the mid-90s, early 2000s where – it was a little archaic and there was 15 fights a night. No, I don't think anyone wants to go back to that level. And I'll speak to the Jacob Truba hit. You know, I don't think it was intentional. I think it was reckless. I, you know, he, he wanted to slash him or get away and, and you have to have control of your stick. So for that point, I thought there should have been a suspension. I didn't think a fine was nothing. $5,000 fine for Jacob Truba for what he did is, is, is not enough. But yeah. You know, we're, we're in an era right now where they are under a microscope and you have to watch. And it's not always exactly what you see the first time because, you know, we always see these plays broken down and slowed down so much. And the game is fast. It's very quick. It's, it's very physical. And a lot of times people don't realize that a lot of these hits and things are unavoidable and they're just hockey plays. And I think that's what I think the, the casual fan doesn't understand is how fast that game is and you have a split second to make a decision. And do you think at this point in time there might be too many replays? Like, are they, are they, are they stopping the game too much? Are they, are they getting it in the way of what makes the game great? And obviously the refs make bad mistakes and they make up for them, but I feel like it's just a, it should just be a part of the game, you know? There's obviously certain things that need to be said, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's a hard one because you want the right call. You know, you want right. the right call. Um, I, I think if we look at the offside, like we, we had one in Ottawa yesterday where, you know, that should have been an offside. They even went to video and it wasn't, and it, it's just a part of the rules that that is what it is. But, you know, I saw you tweet about that today. You were pretty hung up on that, huh? Yeah, it's just, it's, 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 he has control. Yeah, he's not touching the puck. <laughs> he's a, a quarter millimeter uh, away uh, from the puck, but he has full control. So, you know, do I want to see the game be sped up, like putting a pitch clock in in baseball? Yeah, everyone wants to see the game go by a little quicker, and it kind of sucks a lot of the emotion out when there are a ton of replays. But having said that, you know, I think the Buffalo Sabres, I wasn't on the team I was traded at the time, but 99, they'd, they'd love to go back, and that whole fan base would love to go back and see that Brett Hull oh, yeah. foot in the crease, which which was the rule back then, and have it reviewed. They might have a Stanley Cup right now. So I, I, I like I like the right calls but I do think there are too many, but there is a deterrent. If you, if you go back and you check it and, and you don't get it right or you're wrong, then there is a penalty. So from that point of view, it's a, it's a really tough one, but I do like seeing the right call made because like I said, 
the ref for the refs, it's, it's really fast too. And they have a split second to make a decision. Absolutely. You think uh, if there's one rule change you could make right now, what would it be? Oh man, I'll just take that stupid, uh, offside from yesterday. It's, it's, it's <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Kale McCarr went in the, in the playoffs. Oh, that uh, one was it, brutal. It, yeah. It, 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 it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So get rid of that. It's, it's ridiculous. Barney, I want to go a little bit more into your career with the Rangers and just how you initially got there. You know, typically I feel like players, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or anything, are super excited to come to New York when they're initially traded to the Rangers. But when you were sent here, it was an odd time, right? Like shortly after 9-11. Can you talk about transitioning in this city during a, you know, a difficult time for New Yorkers and just how you got accustomed to the city? Because I feel like it's different for everybody, but that time I imagine had to be super hard. Yeah, it was. Listen, I wasn't playing a lot in Tampa. I just signed a three-year deal, so I was crazy excited to go there. And you know, Mark Messi is on the team, Mike Richter, Brian Leach, just a plethora of guys that you know. I honestly, grew up idolizing these guys, so to go there was exciting. The Big Apple, it's New York, play Madison Square Garden, all those things. The culmination of all those things coming together, uh, it was really exciting for me. But it was. It, it, it's very different when you have kids and I had, I had two young kids, three and one, uh, a son and daughter at the time and living in the city and, and trying to navigate yourself around. Cause it's, it's not like going to Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay where you buy a house in the suburbs and, and you chill. And then you take the price of living going into it and then how to get to games. Cause it's completely different for you and your family, uh, all that. And then you, you, you put on top of it, you know, I got traded and it's, it, just came off 9-11 the biggest tragedy that's ever happened in the united states with terrorism uh it was it was a weird weird time i was i was accepted right away by the team and the players and the city and the fans um so you know the learning curve it was it was different um but i absolutely love my three times there the only thing i wish is that we were a playoff team there's no reason we shouldn't have been a playoff team there's no reason we shouldn't been a Stanley cup contender in those years. And unfortunately I think we just had, it's hard to say too many great players. Cause when you have too <laughs> many great players, there's not enough ice time to go around for those guys. Yeah. And a lot of those guys look at stats as uh, how they identify with how they're playing. And there just wasn't enough ice time for a lot of those guys. And, you know, we can talk to goaltending after Richter retired and all of that, but uh, I absolutely love my three years in the world. Well, I got to ask, were you a Jets fan before you came here, or is that something that transitioned uh, during your time here? No, I've been a Jets fan since I've been 12 years old. So really? I'm 38 years of misery and counting. This is, <laughs> this is tough. So, yeah, I was at a game a couple of weeks ago in Buffalo. I was at the opener. I usually go to two games on the road, one at home. But, no, I've been a fan for a long, long time. Mark Gastineau, Joe Klecko, Marty Lyons, uh, Al Toon, uh, O'Brien. I mean, I, I can go down the – the, the years after years after years, I, I've absolutely loved the Jets for years. Well, I got to follow up with that just quickly because you mentioned you're you know, loving your time in New York, but you did play you know, for Tampa, Dallas, Chicago, Colorado. I don't want to name all of them, but would you say your heart is with New York? Like, is that where you feel you know, you've kind of thrived? I, I, I'd say I had my best years in New York and Buffalo. Uh, everyone always asks me, what's your favorite team you played for? Uh, Buffalo was awesome. I was 20 years old when I came into the league and naive. I didn't know anything, you know, about Buffalo in general. I'd never uh, been to the United States really and spent a lot of time there. So, you know, that's where I made my name and, and where I got my start. So I absolutely love Buffalo. Uh, but New York, New York, New York was just great. So uh, I, I also love Colorado. I was only there for a playoff run when I got traded to New York. And I actually thought I was going to get traded there. I thought I was going to re-sign with the Rangers after the lockout and it never came to fruition, but that's what I was hoping. I was hoping to go to Colorado for a playoff run, you know, with Solani and, and Korea, nasty uh, Forsberg and Sackick. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was crazy, but my after plan like was, Leach and Messier and all those guys, right? Yeah. L L Lindros and you're spoiled, uh, huh? Uh, Yager. Yeah. We, we had crazy, crazy players that I played with, but my plan was to go there and, and come back and sign with the Rangers. And I wanted to sign like a, a four year deal and, maybe even extend it beyond that and, and finish my career in New York. It just, it just didn't work out that way. Every guest we have on, especially guys who have played for the Rangers, I always love to ask their favorite perk. We've gotten everything from, 
you know, private jet rides to steak dinners wherever they wanted. What was your favorite perk of playing in the in the great city of New York? Well, playing on the line with Mark Messier, uh, you get to play a lot of great golf, and New York oh, yeah. is unbelievable golf. So obviously not in the winter, but once the season ended and training camp and and all that, getting to know Mark, uh, playing golf, and then any ticket you wanted to any any play. So friends would come in or or my wife would want to go out. You know, I think back then, you know, Hannah Montana was really big. Oh, yeah. And my daughter wanted Hannah. And it was like the hardest ticket to get. I could have got front <laughs> row at Bruce Springsteen um, oh, yeah, before Hannah Montana. So uh, getting those kind of tickets, those perks were pretty cool. That's awesome. That's so funny. I actually want to follow with that too. Like, you know, we see now all the celebrities at the games every single night. Like, you know, there's obviously that famous picture of Margot Robbie in the Ranger jersey at a game. But who was, uh, who was the hot shit? I thought about that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> who is who is the uh, who is the hot shit when you were playing here? Like you go into the locker room after warm up and you're like, oh my god, like, I can't believe they're in the stands. Well, it's Peter Nedved was dating every girl from Elite Modeling Agency, <laughs> and then he, I think it was Petra Nemkova that he ended up marrying. And I remember our wives used to come into the room after and into the green room, and these girls would like they're just stunningly beautiful. And you have girls <laughs> that you know our wives at that time were delivering babies and, and this and that and they'd walk in you have like five girls from elite modeling agency just in, <laughs> in like track pants and running shoes that look stunning they're like fuck this this is awful yeah and guys are like oh you might as well go home we're going to go for a few drinks <laughs> yeah def definitely peter nedved's uh exploits i would say yeah Nedved was the guy huh that was actually my first ranger jersey i think i ever had was peter nedved that's awesome and what are some great stories, too? Obviously, there's some that you can't tell on the air, but, uh, you know, while you are on the air, what's some that you just that, that you just can't forget when you think about playing in New York? I, I, you know, we, we, you'd go to the bars after the game, and New York really is the city that, that doesn't sleep. I mean, there, I remember walking out of clubs with a bunch of the guys, and it'd be like 6 o'clock in the morning. There was no, no windows in these places, and you're like, oh, my God, we got to go to practice right now. Uh, going to Mess's house after some games and playing pool uh, till all hours of the morning. Uh, my favorite New York story just from, from going out, I remember we were in Anaheim and we went to, uh, to a bar and literally at the end of the night, we still had the team bus and we brought everyone from the bar back onto the bus, rented a bunch of hotel rooms up top and just partied all, all night because <laughs> we had a day off the next day. So I had buddies in from, from out of town. They're like, this is wild. This is wild. So yeah, some good times. That's no cameras. I was, yeah. I was saying in the press box uh, last night, cause the Rangers had that stinker against Buffalo and obviously, you know, coming off beating Boston, you know, it's a big win Saturday afternoon game. They get the green light Saturday night. Like, do you have any stories of one game where you were just maybe like violently hung? Not that they were hung over last night, but yeah. You know. uh, just one. I'm trying, Oh, I'm trying to think of was I in? No, I was in Pittsburgh. And I was playing like two minutes a night under Kevin Consti. Like I literally wasn't playing because we'd go out for a bottle of wine, have a couple glasses of wine, but we were always back by 11 o'clock the night before. There's, there's apple time to go out and, and have drinks and, and party. Uh, guys are pretty damn responsible from what I've seen. And I, I probably like to go out more than anyone. But one, <laughs> night, one night in San Jose, I was with Pittsburgh. I was like, fuck this, let's go, boys. And, and we, we had lunch and lunch turned into – to dinner, dinner turned into after dinner drinks, but I knew I was playing two minutes. So guys started dispersing and, and going back and now we're at 11 o'clock and I ended up going out with the waitresses from the bar that we were at. Um, and like six waitresses at like midnight and our hotel, we're at the Fairmont right across the street. And we ended up at this place called the pig's ear. And literally I party like a rock star. Like I'm, I feel like I'm in Metallica or guns and roses at the time. Just, just doing shots with these girls and having fun. And I get back to my hotel probably at like four o'clock in the morning. And we got morning skate at, at 10. You're up at eight. And I threw up all night, but I'm, I'm only playing, I'm only playing two minutes. I can get in a fight and I probably won't see many shifts out of that. I get to the rink and there I am. I'm on the top line. No. And, oh, so I came Quick through. Stint, and, huh? Yeah, it was not, it was, it, it was actually funny because I had to go on to assist that game, uh, no shit. but, but it was like going to the net. It was like ricochet off my ass. I'd throw <laughs> one. It would go off Yager's skate in the end. Like it wasn't like I didn't play well, 
it was just yeah. everything went right. But what had happened is I came through the the uh, the front entrance of the Fairmont, and my I didn't check my phone, but my roommate said, "Hey, don't come in the front." The GM and coaches are all down. Now I don't think they were there at that time, but some word had to get back to the coach. There's no way. I would, first of all, I would have been on the first line, mm-hmm. uh, and and second of all, but there's no way they were up at, at that time. So. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was the worst I've ever felt, uh, but it worked out well. And then after the game, the coach said, oh, you should do whatever you did last yeah. night. I was like, uh, that's not going to happen. That's I was going to say, hopefully you're not superstitious. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I did not last on the top line. <laughs> that's, that's a great story. You know, it's funny. I always think about when, when players are getting towards the end of their career and they're starting to think about like what's next and everybody has their story. You know, I, I used to work with Biz and Wit and they would always tell us, tell me the stories of when they thought their career was finally done when they saw that one player on the ice that they couldn't keep up with. Who was the one guy when you were on the ice and you, maybe it was a younger player that stepped on the ice and you're like, man, I can't keep up with this guy anymore. Yeah. Oh, Ovechkin. Uh, I was playing in Dallas my last year and I was going through some concussion problems, but we were, we were in Washington and uh, I was playing on the right wing and the puck came around and he literally came, gave me a little rub out, stripped me of the puck, took three or four steps and snapped it five hole on Marty Turco. And I get back to the bench and uh, Dave Tippett, who I absolutely love, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? What happened? I'm like, that kid's pretty good. Yeah, he's, <laughs> that, 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 that kid's going to be really good in this league. Yeah. So now being retired since 08, uh, I'm not embarrassed to say Ovechkin took it from me. Yeah. Kid's a star, man. It was awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's a sick one. And I don't know if uh, you're comfortable talking about the concussion thing, but it's, it's, kind, it's kind of relevant right now just with everything Filipino's going through. And I think a lot of fans are wondering when we'll see him back and whatnot. And then you think about a guy like Crosby who had to deal with it a little bit earlier in his career. Can you talk about maybe what Heedle might be going through right now? I think it's his fourth concussion and he's been skating, but you know, it's, it's not a, a set time on when he'll come back. Yeah. Every, every concussion, uh, the culmination of, of, uh, of concussions, obviously for me in the role that I played is different than, than what he uh, might have to go through. But uh, honestly, the best thing I can do to people that haven't had them or that are listening out there is it kind of feels like the flu. Kind of feels like your head's a little groggy, sometimes a little nauseous. Um, You're just kind of in a fog. And it's not like every day, like you feel just terribly but it, it, you just don't feel right. And every, like I said, every, everyone's different. There's no minor concussion, major concussion. Your head's getting jarred and your brain's moving. Um, and I still, you know, I feel great every single day. But even last week, I jumped on the Peloton for three straight days and trying to be a, a, an athlete again and push myself to the limit. And I had to take four days off because my head again, because yeah. it, it just raises... Um, all your heart rate and, 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 and everything goes to your head. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, it's the feeling I had when I had a concussion again. Um, so I, again, could be a week for him, could be two months. You never know. Every brain's different. Every player's different. And just hopefully for him and, and for Rangers fans that he's going to be okay. And uh, health is the number one thing. It's the reason I stepped away. Now mine was a little yeah. bit more severe because the amount of concussions that I had, uh, but just hopefully he's okay. How do you almost brace yourself more when you're out there, like knowing that though? I feel like some people, you know, have asked us, like, how does Heedle get out of position to not get hurt? It seems like it happens a lot. Like, it's, it's such a tough thing, right? Like, yeah, I just, I, I, you can't play in the National Hockey League thinking if you're going to get hurt. You know, it's, 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 it's a physical sport. You don't have the time. And you, if, if that ever creeps in your mind, you're, you're done. And even the amount of concussions that I had, uh, I probably had 12, you know, over, over the course of 15 years, you just can't, you, if you get on the ice, there's no way to think about it. So you're going to, you're going to get hurt. So, something else is going to get hurt because guys are just rolling wrong too quickly. You got to play the game. You have to, if you get on the ice, um, you accept what might be coming your way. And, you know, I made the choice to keep playing after concussions. I don't regret it one bit. Am I a little fearful for what might happen in the future? Of course, everyone, I, I, I'd be an idiot to not think that, I might have CTE and they might find that when I pass away at, at some point, just hopefully it's when I'm 85 and not 55. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, and beer, it's, it, beer cures everything. Exactly, and it's funny, you know, we we get asked a lot, like Johnny said, about how it's more avoidable. But you think about it, Heedle's played a couple hundred games in the NHL. Four times he's been struck in a bad spot. I mean, it's actually to to think of that as such a high number is crazy too. At the same time, it's such a it's such a fast, hard hitting game. And you, you like to think that there's guys who are better at avoiding it. Like you look at Adam Fox, sometimes he won't go hard into the corner to let the guy play the puck and pick it from him. But also it's such a, it's such a hard game and, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. All my concussions came were unavoidable in the end. All, all 12 of mine were from fights. So, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to avoid that when you're fighting guys, six, four, 250 pounds. I never had one from, from a body check or, or anything that way. So, yeah, like the way Adam plays, I, I've known Adam since he's been 10 years old. I coached against him. My son played against him when he was playing for the Long Island um, Long Island Gulls back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's always been so good at avoiding hits and so smart with his stick and just a high, high hockey IQ player. So there are ways to, to play smart, uh, but when you're on the ice, you know, you're going to play a certain way, and that's just your role. I'm actually happy you brought up your son because I was a 96. I played goals Royals growing up. So I played against the, the Regals a bit, but a little bit older, like the Alex Tuck uh, age and whatnot. Um, but, you know, you're a hockey dad, right? Your son's still playing pro, I think, overseas somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's in uh, Finland. But he played He played uh, Orlando for a bit too, no? I remember played, seeing played, him. Played in Orlando, played in Fort Wayne in the, in the coast, was never mm-hmm. drafted, uh, was a late bloomer. But, yeah, he's he's absolutely loving Finland except for it's only sunny about four and a half hours a day. And he says the food is heinous. Yeah. In his yeah he goes, he sent me a message today of his, of his plate of food. And he says, every time I eat, I feel like I'm a survivor of world war two. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's playing tomorrow with six hours away. I just said, good luck tomorrow. soldier." That's awesome. Well, I just, I wanted to ask you too, as a, you know, as a hockey dad, I feel like, you know, we talk about Bedard and whatnot earlier when, when you came on, just all the attention now that these kids are getting, the 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds, all the media attention. Like, you know, put yourself, you know, if your son's playing in the NHL right now, he's still playing pro, but I'm sure if he's getting that media stuff every day, uh, can you just talk about, you know, what people like Avery and I, we're kind of media, so, you know, what can we do to help these kids out as opposed to try to break them down? Like, we're seeing it a lot in New York, the Lafreniere, Kako, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, social media, media, it's, it's at a heightened, heightened level, and you know, all these kids want to be there and they want the attention. And is it sometimes, you know, a little, little over the top? Yeah. But, you know, if you're, if you're Lafreniere and your first overall pick and you're playing in New York, there's no way around it. Connor Bergard is a superstar. He's, these guys have learned to deal with the media too. It's not like, it's not like when we came up and we didn't have any training. These guys have been like robots since they've been 12 years old and what they've been taught how to handle the media. I think expectations more than media um, is, is probably the biggest thing. Like, try to be an NFL quarterback as a rookie going into the NFL. Virtually impossible. Look at Bryce Young. You know, what he has to deal with every single day. It's tough to be 18 and play in the National Hockey League. There's only so many Connor Bedards and, and, and Connor McDavid's or Sidney Crosby's and Alex Ovechkin's, Eric Lindros. Um, superstars that come in. A lot of these guys, even if they're first or second overall picks like Kako Kako, like, like, it's hard. It's hard to find your way. And I think expectations shouldn't be quite as high for a lot of these top three, top four picks. Uh, you're going to get a Connor Bedard. He's going to be a star. But there's always going to be guys that struggle mm-hmm. to make them even for a second or third overall pick, even a first overall pick. And now we're seeing Lafreniere start to start to develop and what we saw in junior. So do you feel the same about Zach Wilson? <laughs> I, I don't think he'll ever succeed in New York. I, yeah. I, I hope he can go and succeed. I don't think he's, I don't think he's been in a position to succeed. The old line has been banged up for two years. I think we've had 13 different offensive linemen this year already. Uh, I think he has flashes. I just don't think it's ever going to happen in New York. I hope it happens for him somewhere else. Mm. Uh, I just don't see it happening, happening here. And um, some of the fault of his own, um, but right now he's playing tentative when he plays as well. I think the play calling is tentative. And I, I, I just think he plays tentative as well. 
Speaking about succeeding in New York, we're just a little under a quarter of the way through the NHL season, which is crazy already. But the New York Rangers have the most wins in the National Hockey League. How do you feel about them? Could this just be an early bloom for them, or do you think they have the intangibles to do it all this year? I I do. I mean, yesterday's game is no indication of what we're going to see in the future of this team. This team was good last year. They're they're off to a great start this year. They got good goaltending. Uh, they have a lot of guys that can score, and they, they defend pretty well. I think they're well coached, uh, but you know, it, it it there's probably seven, eight teams that have a chance at winning the Stanley Cup. And on any given night, any of those teams could win. And you get to the playoffs, you need you need to stay healthy. Um, and if you stay healthy, then you just need a little bit of luck. But yeah, they're they're definitely one of the top seven, eight teams that have a chance at winning the Stanley Cup. And we'll see as you get closer to the trade deadline. You might see what you need to improve on or what your deficiencies are as you get closer to that trade deadline in the playoffs. Uh, but they're certainly one of the upper echelon teams right now, and they're playing like it. Chris Drury, I feel like, deserves a lot of praise. You know, in the in the past years, the Rangers have gone out and tried to really go get the superstar in the offseason. But this year, he went with the more depth options, and he, and he picked up a lot of depth for the team, and it's really paying off for them, not only with injuries, guys being out, but it's creating more of a uh, next-man-up type scenario where if a guy's not playing well, he feels the pressure. that If he keeps underperforming, he's going to get out, bumped out of lineup for a guy like Benino or Pitlick. So how do you feel about that situation? Do you think he, Chris Jury did a good job in the offseason? I think he's done a great job, and I respect him a lot, not only as a player, but as a, a guy that grew up and, and, and paid his dues to become the general manager. Listen, he was a star player, um, and he also knows you need depth, and you can't be a top-heavy team. You can't be just a talented team to win uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I, I think he addressed what he thinks are his needs. And, uh, again, I was part of those teams that went out and got Burray and 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 Yawker and 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 Field Flurry and just kept on throwing the most money at, at at a team. Now in a cap era, certainly it's different, but I, I think he he really knows how to win. And having won before, he knows exactly you know what it takes. And it's it's just not a a top three player league. It's 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 a whole team. It really is um, a whole player league that you need. You need everyone on that team pulling on the same rope and, and finding an identity uh, just rather than a star player. Absolutely. I know uh, I know you're a big betting guy. Who are you putting your money on to win the cup right now? Colorado. Colorado? Yeah, I think Colorado. the West runs them too. I mean, Cal McCarr yeah. is top He's notch. a stud. Another 98. I remember going to a showcase, an all-star game that my son was playing in, and he was on the other side. And a scout asked me, he goes, what do you think about the players? I'm like, well, there's one player, and then there's the rest. And Cal McCarr. <laughs> Was that one player? Uh, no, he's a stud, man. He's he's unbelievable. Well, I got to ask too. On top of that, uh, I forgot where I heard it. Actually, it might have it might have been Chicklets. Um, Jeremy Roenick was talking about like on Sundays on matinee, like the NFL scores would come up, and like he was a guy that would throw money on a football game. Do you ever do that or anything like that? Oh yeah, oh, all the time. <laughs> you have any of those good stories? With, uh, just me and Yager used to do a lot of it. <laughs> I love that. I, I don't want to bring him into it, like yeah, yeah. more than that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, we used to we, we we used to like to. And we playing in Pittsburgh. We had we had epic, epic, epic card games, like mm-hmm. epic card games. Watches, boats, you you name Watches, it. it was boats? You say boats? Oh, oh yeah, it was big, <laughs> big, big. And that was in the, that was early two thousands. Yeah, crazy. Uh, cash on the table, yeah. no Venmo, right? Yeah, that's insane. yeah, cash on the table, or you had to have a check. Get a check. If you didn't, you might as well strip down and pay with your underwear because you're not getting in the pot without something, without any, some collateral. That's unreal. So, uh, you, you won the 2003 Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award, which is like so big for the Rangers organization. Is that one of your like favorite accomplishments of your career? Where does that kind of rank? And uh, on top of that, if you had to pick one Ranger right now, who would be your pick for this year's? Oh, wow. I haven't watched enough of the Ranger games like closely like that. I watched it from a betting perspective, so I haven't, I haven't watched it enough in, in, in that sense. Having said that, uh, very, very special. Very, very special. Oh, anyone that knows the, the award and, um, you know, and with the fans and uh, to be able to do it and, and the appreciation um, from everyone choosing me as that uh, was, was, was pretty remarkable. So, uh, definitely a highlight. Uh, it's up there 
uh, scoring a uh, hat trick on Mother's Day with my mom in attendance during the 98 playoffs when my son was born a few days earlier. Um, and that award was pretty cool. And then I'll throw in being drafted, just, just being drafted in, in general was uh, a highlight of mine as well. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate it, Barney, seriously. And we don't want to take up too much bar time. So uh a beer <laughs> for us and, and we really appreciate you coming on. Cheers, boys. No problem. Thanks, Barney. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Really want to thank Matt Barnaby for coming on again. Sorry that Cody couldn't be there. I wish he could have, but he just ghosted us pretty much all afternoon. Uh, but it was awesome, and Avery had to hop, so Avery's not here right now. Cody, do you want to talk about what we're doing today? Yeah. So as you have all may have heard, the uh, stadium series is coming up, and and it was announced that they're partnering with Starter on uh, you know jackets, merch, all that cool stuff. Um, today... At the NHL store, 2 to 7 p.m., my good buddy Johnny will be there, and I'll be making an appearance. And Johnny's doing a cool Q&A with uh, P.K. Subban and Carl Banks, who's a uh, former Giants linebacker. Uh, he played for a couple other teams, maybe Cowboys. I don't remember. One, two Super Bowls. Yeah. Yes, he did. And uh, he's the representative of Starter and, and should be a good time. And I also heard that uh, Michael K is recording his, his show from there as well. So it's going to be a good yeah. time. I think it's open to the public. So if people are listening right now and you want to stop by the NHL store between two and seven, like we'll be there. I think Cody's going to come at what? Four 30, four 30, four 30. So yeah, we'll be there hanging out. Um, it should be really cool. A lot of starter merch. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cool Ranger. I saw this one Ranger jacket looks so sick. Like this off white. Are they just uh, dropping jackets or they're dropping like whole merch line? So it's called their black ice collection. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's like shorts. I saw a video of shorts, jackets, I think Hats. even a sweatshirt. He was uh, Carl was wearing a hat in the interview that I saw, so maybe there will be hats too. Hmm. Um, and I think I'll be able to snag you guys some stuff if you can't make it or anything. But um, it should be pretty awesome, so I'm really excited. Hell yeah! And uh, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. We will have another one probably on Tuesday because the Rangers play Sunday night, so we won't record Sunday night. Um, so we'll probably record Monday. Mm-hmm. So we love you guys. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. And Cody, LFGR baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.